Hello, you found the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for all things steampunk in the great free state of Texas. We have adventures. We review books, movies, and games. We interview cool people, and we share upcoming events. And we ask the all-important question, is it steampunk? What is steampunk? I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax. <laughs> we are your hosts. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Texas, Texas Steampunk Connection. Connection. Welcome to Texas Steampunk Connection. Hello. Uh, this is uh, episode four. Yes. <laughs> we are back from a very long hiatus. You know, life gets in the way. We've been on a couple of adventures. But we're back. And we have some things to talk about. You guys went on vacation. You went to Belize. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we, we did. For your second time. Not, uh, in, not in a year, but in a couple of years. You went last year and you went uh, this year, right? Two years ago. Two years and, ago. Oh, and so that long ago. Year. Wow, yeah. time yeah. flies. Yeah, we went in 2016. And then we went again this year. And we tried to hit almost all new places in our, we were like 11 days. 11 days, yeah. That's uh, a long time. That's a good, yeah. that's a good vacation. It was great. Yeah, it was really nice. Most of those things weren't, weren't steampunk, so it won't bother with a lot of details, but... <laughs> a lot of sand, surf, and beer. Well, maybe uh, not surf, but water. Jungle. <laughs> jungle. <laughs> Interesting alcoholic concoctions. Mayan yes. ruins. Driving through mm, a bad mine. road. We did, road. we did go to the uh, Mayan ruins at which... A supposed crystal skull was discovered during Ooh. the Victorian era. <laughs> the, the legendary crystal skull. Uh, huh? Yeah, we yes. went to, to Lubantun. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> you but, didn't see it? They didn't have it there on this place? No. Beautiful a, pile of rocks. Not a crystal to be found. <laughs> that, that we saw. Okay. Um, obviously, it had already been looted. Oh, yes, yes. Right. Because, um, you know, excavation, yeah. no. It needs to be in a museum, as they say. <laughs> yeah, the skull is now in a private collection. So, um. sure. It or is. you can buy one on eBay from China. <laughs> yes, there's also a store in Austin called Nature's Treasures that carries numerous crystal skulls, real crystal skulls, because they're real crystal, right? Not they're imaginary just, crystals, but carved into a skull shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, if if skulls aren't your thing, you can also get. Various other bodily parts. Ooh, what? <laughs> Crystal femur? Uh, I have no idea. In that area, yes. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> For, um, I am a little slow. <laughs> Me too. For meditation. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you also sent some pictures. You put some pictures on Facebook of a really cool place you found. What yeah, was it? yeah, Eric, yeah. Tell us. Sugar, what? Sugar it mill? was the Serpent Sugar Mill in <laughs> on the Seti River in uh, sort of central South Belize. It's one of the first heritage sites that uh, was, was uh, specifically set aside by the country of Belize. And it's, it's basically a national park. And the day we went, there was no one else there. We drove up. We parked in the parking lot, which was actually grass. Um, <laughs> we parked in the parking grass. I mean, it, anywhere in the U.S., you'd see a, a parking lot. It would be like, you know, dirt, unpaved. Right. At least dirt, yeah. They get so few visitors. It's just a grassy area that they have to put a sign up to say, you can park here. <laughs> um, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, you know, right off... The, the highway uh, between Were there going... like signs to point you that direction or something? Or you just no. saw it? Uh, no, I think There I... was a sign or two because mm-hmm. otherwise we would have never found it. Um, but we were just going from like 
one day's hotel to the next. Mm-hmm. And Erica said, hey, there's this sugar mill that I posted about. Do you want to you wanna waste a couple hours go there? I'm like, yeah. So we, we did follow a couple of signs and mm-hmm. pulled off into the grass and walked out into the jungle. Because that's Belize, all of it. <laughs> all jungle. Yeah, so there was a kind of a little octagon-shaped building that was supposed to be the ticket booth, and there wasn't anyone in there, so we just were kind of looking around, and, and this gentleman walks up to us and asks if we're here to see the, the sugar mill ruins, and we're like, oh yes, that's what we're here for. And, Ten bucks. And he said, it's $10 Belize per person, and so we gave him our money, introduced ourselves. His name was Gentle, that was his name, oh. and... uh People he believe- took our money, shrugged, and walked away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he said that he indicated where the the information area was. There was like a separate little building that had little uh, plaques with information on it and, and old photos. That makes it, that makes it legit. Plaques. Yeah, and so you can you can walk in and read about it, and then you can just walk out to the grounds. And he said, "Stay as long as you want. Have a good time." And so it, not the busy season. Yeah, it was just us in the jungle. It was amazing it was absolutely amazing i'll have to post a picture or two on the facebook but uh it is a early 18th century or 19th century sugar mill Mm -hmm. yeah basically uh what happened after is after the civil war a lot of the sore losers decided that they didn't want to stay in the united states anymore and so they immigrated and some of them landed in belize and wanted to continue with the southern way of life and so they started a sugar mill, and there weren't slaves in, it was British Honduras at the time, so there there was no slavery, so they had to have indentured servants and local Mayan peoples. They had to pay people. They had to pay people. Oh, the indignities. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and basically, any Confederate or Southern person that moved to Belize, you know, they were trying to sort of continue the, the white way of life or whatever. And Belize is a very yeah. integrated country. And so Belize's attitude is basically get in where you fit in. So they weren't having this, you know, you're superior because you're a different yeah, color. Like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, okay, work this sugar mill. That's cool. You know, you're making us some money. You're employing some some local people. Good for you. But within a couple of generations, they had married into the local population. And there was no longer this concept of the purity of the white race nonsense. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, but that's not why we went anyway. Though, yeah. No. The, the sugar mill itself was steam-powered steam because go. that's really the only option right. available to mm-hmm. them. But now that's cool. And it operated for several years. So our, 1863 to 1910. So It's a pretty good run. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a decent run. Yeah, and all of the there, – there were – you know, there's two – there were a couple of boilers there that, that were still – visible you know no longer operational of course and there was an old <laughs> locomotive car that they used to transport the the finished sugar up and down the railroad system that they used to have there in belize and were there uh, some old tracks still running around or were they all we gone? didn't really see any tracks no <laughs> the the jungle uh, takes things back pretty quick well i i think the the railroad tracks are probably cannibalized and oh, okay. taken elsewhere yeah, other uses, yeah. uh, i say that because everything else is still on the property mm-hmm. like the boilers are, are there <laughs> rusting away the huge uh, mashing machines that would squeeze the juice from the sugarcane mm-hmm. the big boiling pots were still there the oh. the drying area was still there basically they they would cut, sort of like take the cane juice and uh 
put it into these big trays and they would one of the steam powered things is the exhaust would was you know hot hot air and they so they had these little flues kind of underneath the the drying rack so the hot air would be pumped through underneath and dry out the cane juice to make sugar crystals Okay. Yeah, I see that. So it was really interesting. So the, the original bricks that held up all the things are there, and the machines are still mm-hmm. sitting out there, and there's huge gears that are just lying there in the in the grass or pitched up next to a tree that has been sitting there with this gear on it for a hundred years now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just rusting away. That's why I say the tracks couldn't have been taken by the jungle because everything else is still right there where they left it. And that is amazing. And, and it looks to be like 100 years old or so, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's yeah. all rusty now, but it's still yeah. looking pretty. Or, yeah, 1910 to 2010 is 100 years. Yeah, but a lot of the wheels and things still had the, you could see the manufacturer stamp on it. Wow, yeah. Um, and, and it was very interesting because some of the equipment had come from uh, the States, and some of the equipment had come from Scotland, and they had sort of jury-rigged it together to, to where these all these parts and pieces would work together and uh, ma- manufacture sugar. So it was it was super interesting and, and just pristine jungle, very quiet, very very peaceful. Yeah, you could hear you know, the birds chirping in the trees and very little else. Right in the middle of the, the sugar mill grounds, there is this fig tree that's got to be a thousand years old. It is the biggest effing tree I have I've ever seen. Wow. Like um, a hobbit could live in it. <laughs> nice. I mean, it was that big. You could just, there there were there were folds in the tree that you could stand in and be completely out of sight Crazy. in the trunk. You could just stand in between the two folds of the trunk and no one, no one could see you. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, I saw some the, some of the pictures he posted on Facebook. And yeah, the place looked amazing. It looked marvelous. I mean, it's just fantastic looking. Yeah. You know. If if there was only some easy way to to get everybody there, it would be a fantastic, you know, <laughs> steampunk picnic site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. It just just mind blowing. All right, everybody, let's start let's start thinking about it. Let's all go to the Belize just so we have picnic here. <laughs> <laughs> steampunk picnic in Belize, twenty nineteen. <laughs> it's a good reason to go. Uh, not it. Maybe not the be- not enough reason alone to go, but I can give you <laughs> well, a few more reasons. Definitely make it one of the stops. Mm-hmm. If you're into chocolate, there oh, yeah. is a chocolate festival on Queen Victoria Queen Victoria's, Day. Queen Victoria's birthday. Well, there you go. That's in, in Southern Belize. That well, that that actually is the reason we went. Derek has been wanting to go since the first time we went and missed it by some weeks. So we went back and. Probably the best chocolate in the world. Beat Swiss chocolate. I heard in the first place, Swiss chocolate is supposed to be the best. I heard. Well, so my, Swiss chocolate. My complaints about European chocolate. Have you ever heard of a chocolate plantation in Europe? You're, that's right. I know there, there aren't any. Chocolate <laughs> doesn't grow there. No, they get it from uh, Central and South America, which is where Africa. we were. You you went to the source. Right, right. Right. And so these are the actual Mayan people. Their chocolate making has been in their family for generations. Their ancestors were actually like priests in the Mayan temples whose sacred duty was to prepare cacao for the rulers. I mean, that's that's how far back these people go. 
and you know it's just been in their family for generations and they prepare it in very traditional ways they they don't do mechanical drying or you know anything like that they ferment the the beans and dry them and do it all in a very traditional fashion and it really makes a difference in the flavor there is some industrialization on a small scale because it's not a industrialized country but they do what they can afford but the fact that the chocolate you're getting is fresher than you're going to get from switzerland right (laughs) (laughs) and it's all like single source which is big with the kids these days oh okay that makes it a a higher quality chocolate i I guess was it range free free range free range chocolate chocolate. (laughs) yeah mostly organic (laughs) yeah just that is a reason to go to belize and taking in the rest is butter yeah (laughs) the cacao festival was really interesting we had we had cocoa cacao wine we had uh, cacao Mm -hmm. juice where they take the fresh pulp from the pods and they juice it. Wow. And it's actually, it doesn't taste anything like chocolate at that point. It tastes... What does it, it taste like? It tastes, it's kind it's of... A, a little uh, citrusy. Kind of light. A little um, milky. Hmm. So, I don't think we would talk about this on this show. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It was a, an adventure. A cacao, a cacao pod is this big Nerf football shaped okay. thing. You crack it open and inside is like, white... Like, like a coconut? Uh, like a mango, I guess. It doesn't have a hard outside oh, okay. shell, particularly. Not hard, right. kind of but pulpy, inside, but... uh, white pulpy meat, and in the middle there are these black seeds. The black seed is the cacao seed that okay. turns into chocolate. Okay. That's what okay. we're familiar with. So they're cracking it open and deseeding it. Yeah, right. But if and you it... eat the pulp that's around the seed, that's got a very just a really fresh citrusy melony kind of yeah yeah that's that's the fruit Mm -hmm. um and that's what they turn into wine Mm -hmm. or what have you there's so many weird crazy fruits that we would never see here in belize yeah you said something like a giant avocado at one point you said that oh yeah giant avocado giant mango giant avocado the size of two fists if it's avocado season because i Uh, I love avocado and yeah finding a good avocado here is really hard mm mm-hmm Especially, I mean, they're all tiny, too. <laughs> yeah, tiny and black. Uh, these big ones were, were green. Not this time. It wasn't avocado season when we went. No, avocado season is June. So basically, pick a month out of the year and go to Belize, and whatever is in season, eat the hell out of it, because you will not be disappointed. Mango it season. definitely be fresh. Yeah. Avocado season. Lobster season. <laughs> There's lobsters in South America? Central America? Central America. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Huh. For some reason, I never thought about southern lobsters. I thought, you know, like, oh, yeah. like the north is where I figured lobsters came from. Right, you know? like Cape Cod. Maine, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are there are lobsters in, in Belize. Awesome. Um, the, there's an annual lobster festival in uh, San Pedro and also in Placencia, which are both coastal towns. Makes and, sense. And those are in June. And, yeah, might be worth checking out one of those sometime, too. I like mm-hmm. lobster. Oh, hell yeah. It's always just too damn expensive, though. For what it <laughs> and is. it should be said... Uh, although in June it's super hot here, that is not the hot season in Belize. Because it's uh, further south of the border? I mean, no, the, the equator, no, no, no. It's, it's still north of the equator. It's north of the equator? But, Wait. Uh, okay, okay. Between the, yeah. the American jungle... American education system, what do I know? <laughs> uh, it, it's just south of Mexico. What part of Mexico is that? The, the bottom half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mexico is the northern neighbor of Belize. Guatemala is to the west of Belize. Mm-hmm. And Honduras is to the south. And they're on the coast. 
and, uh, and they're, they're on the coast, so yeah. you get coastal uh, breezes. And June is like you're into the rainy season, right? Yeah, June is rainy season, which is fine. You know, better than being hot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think the so far the hottest we've ever been in Belize was April. Mm-hmm. April was the hottest, and that was over a hundred degree heat. Mm-hmm. And 150 percent humidity, <laughs> so you're wading through water essentially. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. God, yes. But that was an experience too. That was interesting. And yeah, you don't know until you go, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you try but you it. definitely get an appreciation for uh, natural fabrics, linen, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. silk, flowy clothes, flowy clothing, and water. Um, I've lots never loved and lots water. Of water. Never loved water so much. <laughs> yeah, big hats. So, I mean, basically, you know, you could dress Victorian, but it would have to be a Victorian summer light. Interesting you should bring that up. While we were at the Chocolate Festival, we met uh, the Garifuna people, mm-hmm. uh, which are, I, I want to say they're natives of Belize, but that's not exactly true. No, they settled there. They came from, from elsewhere, and they settled. And Garifuna Settlement Day also takes place in May, so there were festivities for that. There was a kayak race from all the way south of Bel- the southern tip of Belize, Punta Gorda, which is where we eventually were for the chocolate festival, all the way up the coastline to Belize City. Wow! And it's a, it was a multi-day kayak race that, to cel- to celebrate uh, the the Garifuna settlement. That is hundreds of miles. Yes, yeah, and I, I think it. it's against the current. I'm not sure, but yeah. oh my God, that was a long. We were watching it on TV intermittently down, you know, whenever we were somewhere that had a television. Everybody in Belize was watching this this race. So so it was like when like the like the the bike races that they have here that they uh that Uh, they show on television. uh, What is it in Europe? Oh, the uh, the Tour de France. Yeah, Tour de France. Yeah, Yeah. they're televising the Tour de France with a televising this kayak Mm -hmm. race. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, the there was a there there's a big Garafuna community and. Hopkins, I believe, Belize, and then there's communities further south, and Belize is really cool because every group has its culture that they celebrate, and they're very proud of where they come from and their people and their traditions, but they're not intolerant of other people's traditions and customs and language. You know, it's, it's like we're all Belizeans, but we love our our own families and our own cultures as well, so that was pretty cool, yeah, but the yeah. but the I think Fax was trying to go with the ladies that we saw. Right. The, the ladies festival. who were at the Cacao Festival celebrating their, their Garifuna culture had these most awesome costumes. I tried to look them up online, but I haven't found. I wish I had taken pictures. But they were clearly Victorian inspired or, you know, probably established during the Victorian period, mm-hmm. but also pulls in the bright prints of their uh, African heritage. And the uh, um, headdresses, headdresses, like turbans, kind of, yeah, like ladies' turbans, not like uh, Middle Eastern turbans, yeah, and dressing coolly. So they, their sleeves were off the shoulder mm-hmm. and sort of like bands around the arms with sleeves attached, okay, but okay. very open sleeves and uh, like bloomers and and skirts. That were kind of hiked up a bit and lots of ruffles. So it was it was sort of Victorian style costume, but not in any way I've ever seen before. And I was fan- I was fascinated. Wow! Apparently too gobsmacked to pull out my camera. <laughs> Another reason I have to go back because they look awesome. Yeah. yeah so their thing is they do it, drumming and then they and then they have this traditional dance that they do. Okay. And so it's 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 pretty cool. 
pretty. So it'd be like an inspired outfit for you know the heat of Texas, maybe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It would translate pretty well, I think. Awesome. Yeah. All right, that was that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys are probably going to plan to go back next year or two. Oh, uh, we, well, we'll need to go back sometime soon. <laughs> the last two times we've been, we had an amazing time. Uh, if you know, if you if we haven't sold you on Belize yet. Uh, they all speak English. It's like the only country in the Caribbean that English is is a common spoken language. Jamaica. Oh, that's true. Jamaica. So yeah. disregard. True. But yeah, <laughs> they take American money. Uh, it's a at the moment a two for one exchange rate. So, so Belize dollars is two of theirs. Right. Okay. Very simple. That still confused me at some points, and they had to correct me. But you know, I got through it. <laughs> and it's it's super safe. There was no place that we went to or through in Belize that I didn't feel safe. I'm sure there is a criminal element, but we didn't really see them. Or they're they're, they're not... It's not rampant. Right, well, right. Knows, I don't think anybody's going to stab me. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Belizean economy really depends on tourism. Oh, okay. And so they really uh, want to make sure that if you come to Belize as a traveler that you're going to have an excellent time and that that you're so you gonna come back enjoy and recommend yourself it to others and, and, yeah. yeah and so they really want they really want to be uh, a place where people can feel free to to visit and bring their families and just have a really good time and everybody we met was just friendly nice and i think that really speaks to the culture of the country that they they realize they're all they're in all in it together mm-hmm. and they have to as as a group maintain certain standards and expectations for tourists who are going to come you know it's not it's not about get me getting mine right right uh it's about everybody it's it's very family oriented Mm -hmm. so it's very unlikely you're going to find somebody who will who will rob you to make a quick buck because they see the 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 big picture that I, i may be getting money but i am doing more harm to my family and my friends and my community. Right. Which is, I think, probably the most refreshing attitude that to meet. Everybody just kind of has that family feeling. The, the whole country of Belize is, a, is like a family. Hmm. What sounds, did you see sounds, on that billboard? Sounds like the U.S. can learn something from that. Oh, uh, Jadafui Belize. What yeah. is that? Jadafui Belize? Yeah, Belize, the Belizean people, they do speak English, but most people speak two or three languages, and one of the languages they speak is this kind of Creole that's, it's, it's a mixture of uh, Spanish, French, English, Mayan, who knows what. It's, it's slang. Okay. It's kind of, kind of slang-ish, but it's got, it, it's got, you know, language and structure. It's, it's, it's a language of its own. And uh, well, What did it translate to? So, Yadafui, Ya is us, Da is that. Fu is for we. Yeah, that's for us, Belize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it's mostly, I think, it's a it's a shot at, at uh, Guatemala. Oh. Because Guatemala thinks that Belize should be part of them. Okay. So, it yeah, the Belizeans said, nah, this is ours. And, and uh, although that seems kind of like in your face... <laughs> uh, it, it's a, it's a philosophy that they want to take care of Themselves. their their country mm-hmm. because that is that is theirs that is what maintains them. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, beautiful country. 
just beautiful. Yeah, yeah we def- we've definitely that way. Yeah, wow. That that sounds like an amazing adventure. I'm sorry I didn't go with you guys this this time. Perhaps next time. Okay. Depends on the timing and money and all that kind of stuff. You know how yeah. it goes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what we were going to talk about today, officially. Yeah, no, no. That, that, uh, <laughs> that was a quick side trick. That was just a side mode there. <laughs> we haven't had a show in some months. And to some degree, it's because we ran out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. True. Um, we, we've run, run to the on. end of our steampunk uh, cred. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was the, the steampunk event in Wimberley. We, we did go to June. that. Yeah, uh, second good, annual. Good job, Wimberley. Yep. Good job for on to the flood gauges for putting that together. Mm-hmm. And I think it was all again successful. Oh yeah. Uh, I think they had they had fewer fewer booths outside, mm-hmm. uh, where it was, it was hot outside, flipping hot. And uh, they had some really good musical talent mm-hmm. that we didn't see the year before. Yeah, what was the uh, the one we saw also in, in San Marcos that one Space time? Core. Space Core. Space Core. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like Space Core. And apparently, uh, the the lead guy for Space Core actually uh, rounded up the other musicians oh, awesome. that came out to play too. So uh, he was he really he, stepped up yeah. to help make the event uh, successful and and fun to be at. So that was so that was great, great. Thanks to Space Core. Oh yeah, for doing that. That was amazing. Yeah, a lot of familiar faces out there that we saw. Yeah, we didn't. Well, the first time we vented. This time we didn't vent. We just joined. We just went and looked around and hung out. Yep. And listen to the music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, overall it was a small affair, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, unfortunately, the, their their um the food the truck food truck out. Yeah, just disappeared on them. Just didn't show up or something. I don't know what happened there, but that that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, but we did find some amazing taco place in Wimberley. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, well, that's not steampunk, but still, it was an amazing taco place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the topic for today. My, my thought is, since we've talked about what is steampunk, and if you get into conversation with anybody, somebody's gonna, some smartass is going to say, oh, steampunk is when goths found brown. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what they say. That's the joke. And so, and it, to a degree, I believe it's true. Steampunk has, as a culture has its roots in goth culture. Um, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Steampunk music, uh, steampunk bands started as goth bands not all of them but some of some of the major bands mm-hmm. were did sort of had a, a goth thing and then they sort of drifted into this weird thing that eventually was called steampunk okay so what do we know about goth i thought <laughs> i asked myself and yeah. the answer is not a whole hell yeah, of a lot i don't know a lot about goth either <laughs> um they're, they're, they wear black they seem depressed <laughs> they like vampires <laughs> oh. <laughs> so i thought we should uh, we should spend some time today and maybe in the next few episodes of deconstructing the roots of of goth culture and how it relates to us and i thought we would start with a couple of novels that probably every listener here has uh, been forced to read in high school that being mary shelley's frankenstein Mm -hmm. and bram stoker's dracula and Uh, i i never had to read those in high school (laughs) Um, I plan to read them. I have one right here next to me, but I didn't get around to reading it. I'm, I apologize. But I mean, I've seen the movies. Yeah, I right, know. Right. I know of Frankenstein and Dracula, and I've seen the movies. Well, you've read a number of steampunk novels. Yes, uh, as as we all have done reviews. One of the common, at this point, tropes 
is the Frankenstein-like Promethean character or the clockwork robot or person, depending on the author, how they want to just present it. And I think that really started with Mary Shelley and the Frankenstein story. So I thought we'd talk about that. Uh, and then Dracula, such a popular character that he, he seems to be shoehorned into steampunk novels willy-nilly as well. Uh-huh. So let's get into that, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for let's, it. Let's um, talk about uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein first. And just spend about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that started off as a, what was it, a, a meet, a group outing or a, a yeah. stay overnight. Or they were, they're having some kind of party, house party, I guess. A house party. <laughs> house party at Lord Byron's. Yeah, and there was a... An opium... They, they started a contest of who could write a better story. Yeah, they were kind of, they were reined in and they didn't really have anything to do. And so this was kind of like a little contest. Of... <laughs> well, they had a couple of things to do. Yeah, yeah. Lord Byron's personal doctor... Was in oh, attendance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, make sure everybody was okay. Oh right, right. <laughs> they made sure they were okay. okay yes. <laughs> Opium's a hell of a thing. Well, so yeah, yeah. There was novel writing challenge, I guess, that happened at that mm-hmm. party, right? Exactly. Well, she wasn't really given a lot of credit back then, obviously, because she was a woman, and that's, right. that's what I'm told anyway, or heard. I think that's probably true. I, I'm not an expert on. Uh, the details of this party so much as uh, I am the resulting book. Right. Uh, I do know that at this point we're talking about the Romantic period and the discussion of the day was, for the Romantics, was a... Individualism uh, reacting against the uh, coming Industrial Revolution. And also against against the... uh, Against the Enlightenment. Culture of, of... church doctrine mm-hmm. and religion right this is this is the origin of atheism as an established belief system and free love and polyamory <laughs> good party <laughs> uh, mary shelley's lover turned husband was the first i probably i i i could be corrected here but he published a treatise on atheism shunning the the catholic church and and the culture dogma cultural dogma of the church and uh so that that's where we that's where we begin right Mm -hmm. this this is the conversations at the time and this is what mary shelley was at ground zero for right Right. her husband's all atheist and lord byron is a freaky deaky opium fiend (laughs) am i wrong no 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 not at all he was the original emo he kind of reminds me of uh Sort of the Marquis de Sade of that era. Yeah, or the Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> Trent needs to work harder to get up to Lord Byron level. Well, I mean, we're not talking about now Trent Reznor. We're talking about, you know, 90s Trent Reznor. So, um, yeah, but... um yeah, tight pants. I think the Romantic period is is kind of... Human... human, human uh, culture is sort of it's always this sort of violent seesaw between different impulses that humans have you know there's part of there's part of us that wants to make progress and there's part of us that want wants everything to stay the same there's a part of us that's afraid of change and afraid of the future and there's a part of us that really craves it um so there's the enlightenment that happened before the romantic period and and the enlightenment was very you know the principles were very 
Well, I mean, I, I guess it's it's almost like the, the Victorians kind of looked back to the Enlightenment and, and they were more about that. So the Romantics are very emotional and they're very about individual freedom and about uh, finding the answers to your existential quandaries in nature and the closer you can be to nature and the closer you can live to a natural life the more at peace your soul will be you know if you well careful with the word soul there because we're talking about people who are who who deny the existence of the soul they're atheists they believe that when you die you turn into dirt nothing right right uh so which is why to some degree lord byron was so uh such a nihilist even though well, that was right, no but he, he was seeking out physical experience and physical, you know, um, living as as big as he could. Right, right because we you're are only here for so long, and the only thing uh, for we, animals that know our mortality, right, which other right. animals do not know. Our our only goal in life is to live. So you you better live all that you can while you're here, right? Because when you're in the dirt, that's it. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, and, and so basically, they're boiling down the human existence to mechanical parts, right? There is no spirit, there is right. no God, because there is no religious dogma. We are all just fleshy machines. And, and the machine and, breaks, it can be fixed. And and here we are, right, right. Uh, medical science is is suddenly developing, but here we are with Frankenstein taking dead people. And putting the parts back together to make a new machine, right? I think that's where she's coming from, to create a superhuman, a better machine than the machines we have now. There is no soul to be concerned with. It's just a matter of getting the thing jump-started, and it should work again. This is should. Right. Well, in, her, anyway. In, in the book, this is, yeah. this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think she's... she's uh, exploring in a sort of macabre horror a gothic horror way what does it mean to be just reproducing machines and what happens when we build a better one what happens when frankenstein's creation proves to be more intelligent stronger more creative better at all the things we consider ourselves to be Mm. Because I never read the novels. I mean, in the in the portrayals of the movies I've seen, he just goes crazy and mad. He doesn't he doesn't seem more intelligent or anything like that. Right, right. We should so, talk about that. So in movies, in the classic horror movie, black and white, yeah, nineteen uh, fifties, mm-hmm. he's kind of a, almost a zombie like. He's, he's a yeah. lumbering, shambling, afraid uh, <laughs> of fire. <laughs> right, yeah. but in in the book, kind of he's stuff, yeah. he's actually like. He very is a super superhuman. Okay. He, he's he's very well read. He's very well spoken. Oh, he's witty. He's clever. Now that I think he's about it, the the HBO show Penny Dreadful. Yes, that's how they portray Frankenstein. He's, he's mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And uh, some point late in the book, well, in the book, like in Penny Dreadful mm-hmm. and The Bride with Sting. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one either. Oh, oh, gotta see that. That that is more goth, more goth than than Penny Dreadful. Okay. It is it is a beautiful. Yeah, we, we might have to watch creation. a couple of these shows and, and do another episode on this um, because, like I said, I'm I am I am dreadfully ignorant in the goth culture. <laughs> I haven't read any Frankenstein. 
So the, the monster comes back to Frankenstein. It's, it's a real shame we can't just call him the monster. He has no mm-hmm. name in this book. Right. Uh, which is one of the things I think he struggles with. It's like, what am I? Who I, am I? Right. How do I fit into the world? And he comes back to Frankenstein asking these questions and asks him for a mate. Bride of Frankenstein. Right. Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> becomes a 50s movie and she's got crazy hair and stuff that's an interesting interpretation um <laughs> also in penny dreadful the movie in the tv show there was a bride of frankenstein right, right. she was mm-hmm. really intelligent but she was homicidal um in a scary way not not in a freaky friday the 13th crazy homicidal you know <laughs> right but i mean that's that's kind of psychologically that's a struggle that that uh that each human goes through when you get to a certain point in your life where you exceed the accomplishments of your parent, or you see that your parents are human, because as a child, when you're a child, it's like your parents know everything, and right. they they're, are, uh, they are they're not almost yeah. all-powerful, perfect beings, and uh, and you get to a point, you know, I, I think that's the, the cusp of adulthood, when you go, okay, um, you know, my parents don't know everything, and you see, you know, maybe a social situation where where your parent is is reduced to a human being who doesn't know the answers or who isn't able to fix everything and and that's a very that can be a very traumatic experience or it can be a very empowering experience depending on you know probably both probably both but you know depending on how you handle it and how you process it you know so so in a way she she addresses that in in you know the the Frankenstein's monster is obviously you know, more advanced being than his creator and how does he deal with the fact that he is a more perfect being than the intelligence that created him. And that's, and I think that's a a question that atheists maybe put forth as well as, you know, here's this concept of God that many dogmas have and, and God is this sort of petty, crazy person, you know, (laughs) the, the stories about, about, God in the Bible are, are often very, you know, it's like if you have, if you're all powerful and all knowing, what is the point of you wanting these little monkey people singing and dancing and praising you all day if long? If you're That's, so all powerful, why do you need worshipers? Right, yeah. exactly. It seems very, it seems very silly when you, when you sort of apply any kind of intellect to it right. and uh and so i think you know that's definitely one of the the concepts that the romantics were working with is mm-hmm. you know i think that probably came from like in past pan- past pantheons they claimed that they got their powers because of the worshipers you know the more they got worshiped the more powerful they were but the catholic the catholic church ever makes that claim no but i'm saying but but the, but the catholic church stole stuff oh, sure, from sure, other cultures sure. all the time but that yeah. was that wasn't the the uh I mean that's not what they were claiming, but De- I'm sure that's kind of, the of a the, you gotta yeah, worship the god kind of thing. There's there's nothing like that in the uh, in the uh, old or new testament. Right, I know they didn't right. say that, but I'm right. saying but that might have been a, a, a foldover or, or you know it kind mm-hmm. of. I'm sure that's how we got here yeah. or there, but their argument was this god is made up. You, you got a, a made up god that requires belief and worship of people to maintain the power of those in power right. this isn't a real god and right everything you've been telling us is not real either and we are making advances in science and medicine that are uh far outstripping the religious dogma of our time so how do we understand the world yeah now that we have powers and and abilities that were previously only gods 
Oh, this took a so, weird turn. Well, <laughs> right. that's, so, that's the... That's so the, uh, the, the monster comes back to Frankenstein, getting back to that. He says, you know, make me a, a mate. Make me the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> and really boiling down the book here. And he does. Right. And then they run off. <laughs> and Happily ever after? No. Yeah. It depends on who you're rooting for. Frankenstein <laughs> realizes in horror what he has just done. He has made a superhuman that is advanced of any real person in every every aspect. Mm-hmm. As far as he knows, is immortal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now has provided him with the means of reproducing more of them. <laughs> and they will force humanity. Oh, now, we're talking, now we're talking genetics. <laughs> and, and they will force humanity off the planet. And I mean, it like, says it right there in, in, in the late pages of the book. Mm-hmm. And that kind of existential horror, I, I think that's one of the reasons that we continue to read this book. Cause we still are asking ourselves that. And it's also being rewritten in the form of artificial intelligence and robotics and stuff. Right. Um, you know, we when make, is the we singularity? These, yeah, we make these robots that are going to somehow, you know, become self-aware and realize that they're superior to us and kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. A genetically engineered CRISPR. Yeah. That, you know, that would be the humans. That would be Khan from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And it's fascinating. You know, this was two hundred years ago. She's already making these arguments that ring so true to this very day. Mm-hmm. It's the conflict that's still taking place is that that our our creations are are able to outmatch us yeah and that's it's a scary thought although i i i welcome our robotic masters (laughs) i mean it could be scary or you know i mean if if you can truly make something that is better than humanity you know one of the qualities that we that we try to value as humans is compassion and kindness. Well, yeah, hopefully the so be whatever at that too. <laughs> whatever we create, hopefully we'll have the suggestion in the book is they're not really into that, right? Uh, yeah. But you know, it wouldn't be horror if they were, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that is super interesting, and for all of these uh, different touch points that we're talking about that is why this book is and mary shelley is a brilliant writer for this book i, I don't I, I think it take it probably took a, a a female point of view to capture all of these aspects and subtleties i don't think i don't think a dude w- would have would have nailed this quite as well as mary shelley does maybe maybe that's just oh i'm being politically correct i don't know but i, I think <laughs> I, I i kind of agree with you yeah there's also been like i mean I've, I've read many comic books and novels and there's like there's a dean Koontz novel that's written about frankenstein like now modern day frankenstein kind of stuff and he essentially was the the intelligent guy mm-hmm. but i think I, now i can't think about i can't remember how if it was he was a good guy or bad guy but <laughs> it's kind but of part was, of the question isn't it yeah but i mean but he was definitely immortal you know and I think his, you know, the Bride of Frankenstein, I think they, they, they had a falling out kind of situation. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I mean, Frankenstein still lives. I mean, you know, people are always thinking about Frankenstein. They rewrite it or they, they, they imagine what it can be in the future. What, what If he was immortal, what's he like now? You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The Penny Dreadful TV show wasn't nowadays. It was back in the 1800s time period. Right, mm-hmm. right. 
pretty much he was freshly made essentially but but it was yeah. written today yeah so they, they had the opportunity to but they re-examine stuck, they, but they stuck more to his intelligence and and the way he was there in fact it was the bride that was more of a monster than him like i said she was just a straight-up homicidal <laughs> you know just a straight-up homicidal um, I, I wonder if that's mary shelley sort of fantasizing female empowerment I, I wonder. Just throwing that out there. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna make a mega bitch. It's gonna be awesome. Well, you you do ha- kind of have to wonder, you know, how much BS would women put up with if they weren't, you know, physically smaller and economically hindered by well, the, by s- society's constructs. You know? Right, right, and, and pretty much impervious to For, anything. Free of all moral and ethical quandaries. Yeah. Which is part of the romantics, right? Mm-hmm. Morals yeah. and ethics are, are totally made up, so we don't need them. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the Victorians kind of swung back the other, the other way, and, and, you know, their their literary styles were much more restrained than the Victorians, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was not about, you know, just letting your emotions hang out all over the place, and... and uh Stiff upper lip. Yeah, the Victorians and the Victorians started to to make progress kind of in a different way, as, rather than as individual freedoms or individuals uh, living their own to their own full potential. Um, Victor the Victorians were basically where where questions of social justice started coming up. You know how you know to what uh, to what do we owe our progress and to what. Um, to what degree do we need to support those of the of the lower classes to maintain the power of the white race, or or to you know? It, it's interesting how, where they draw their lines, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They want Victorianism is is you're you're arguing that they're more big picture, seeing how how we can uh, support our lower classes, our people as a country, or you know. As as a as a race, especially in in the Americas, mm-hmm. right? But if yeah, but not brown people, that that's where the line is. Just interesting yeah. how yeah. They, they can make progress, but not, not right, not all the progress. Yeah, not the not, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like oh, whoops, there's poor people. What can we do for them? Poor poor people. But then that's as far as it went, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, not not those poor people. Right. <laughs> Our poor people. Right. Mm. Mm. All right. <laughs> Is there anything else to about Frankenstein? Say about, about Frankenstein. Um, I don't know. I mean, you listeners out there, let us know what your your take on Frankenstein was. Uh, did you watch? Did you watch Penny Dreadful? I, I've heard good. I've I watched it. I enjoyed it, but I heard a lot of bad reviews about it from other people. Um, and I've heard good reviews. I've heard both, obviously. So, what did you think of that? What do you think of Frankenstein? Has anybody I, seen Gothic? What did you think seen of that? Gothic, which we I haven't seen, but so, I, I plan to watch sometime soon. It's freaky. <laughs> I, I, That's the story of I the, think the, I saw the it, party that the, mm-hmm. yeah. right. I saw it a long time ago, so I don't remember. But I went on YouTube and I watched like two minutes. And I'm like, this looks familiar. It's <laughs> super weird. Super weird. It's basically, it's basically <laughs> a telling of the of that party with Mary Shelley and mm-hmm. all that people with a soundtrack by Thomas Dolby. <laughs> awesome. I think the we original might be, steampunk. We might be playing a little uh, bit of that a little later. Right. And I also found this book. Uh, in the Shadow of Frankenstein, Tales of the Modern Prometheus, it's basically uh, has a bunch of bunch of stories in there. Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein being one of them. 
and a bunch of other up along that that same vein. So if anybody read that, let me know. I'm gonna fix. I'm fixing to start reading it soon. You were saying that's got there's, so, there's there's classic and there's modern in there. So it's a that's mixture. Interesting. It, it looks like it's a, it's a pretty got book. a lot of got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, a lot of authors, a lot of short stories. And like I said, there's there's classic classic in there and modern in there. Nice. I'm I'm fixing to read it soon, so we'll find out. I'm also going to try to read Dracula. We'll talk about him another time. No, we're going to talk. Wait, we're, we're, we're what at, time we're are at, we? We're at fifty something minutes now. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> okay, I guess we're going to have to leave Frankenstein to Dracula. Or Dracula. Yes, we're going to have to leave Dracula to the next show and uh, yeah, take take a break here. Yeah, we're going to play some music and then we'll come back with some uh, upcoming events. So, hey, thanks a lot for listening. All right, we're taking a break. We've just discovered a very rare bit of audio from former Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Let's have a listen. I, Winston Churchill, wholeheartedly believe that the Clockwork Cabaret is the finest example of steampunk radio programming. Never before have I heard anything quite so marvelous, and I doubt I shall ever hear anything like it again. Calpurnia, continue on your journey. Broadcasting your marvelous music and sail on to glory. If you would like to find out more about this program, please check out clockworkcabaret.com or clockworkcabaret.podbean.com or follow us on Twitter at clockworkcabaret. That's C-L-O-C-K-W-R-K Cabaret. amongst the gods but jealous men have pulled me down now exiled in a foreign land I coax my demons into life while people cross themselves and say the devil is an Englishman Beelzebub in human form Young girls fall pleading at my feet As I defile them one by one Devouring half of London town The devil is an Englishman The devil is an Englishman A little tiny scorpion
as leeches suck upon the flesh Of those who tread beyond the grave This dark, tormented soul lives on The devil is an Englishman Best of tiny scorpions Dolby, The Devil is an Englishman from the gothic movie soundtrack. Hey, we were just talking about that show. Yeah. That? Maybe I should watch it sometime. Well, now that <laughs> I know Thomas Dolby does the soundtrack, uh, you have no excuse. Yep. So, we're back from our break, and we're going to talk about some upcoming events till the end of August. Actually, there's a lot more than I thought, but there's some. What are we talking with? Delta H? Delta H Con 2018. It is an anime gaming convention going from July 13th through 15th, so that's next weekend. Next weekend. Mm-hmm. Last chance to buy tickets in advance on the website. It's their <laughs> Hopefully I release this episode in time. <laughs> <laughs> the 11th Annual Houston Anime Gaming Convention. They do have a steampunk track for... Steampunk Ball Friday Night. Yeah, steampunk Ball. Featuring our friend Addison Mad. So hey, we know that guy. Shout out to Addison Mad uh, for telling us about uh, Delta H Con. If you're in the area, by all means, go check it out. Celebrities, gaming, anime, community, Japanese food, fun, much more. <laughs> Japanese food. That's Japanese food. Okay. Sure, why not? Kid-friendly, party-friendly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a convention. All right. What's next? Next is August 3rd, ArmadilloCon. It's an Austin convention for readers and writers in the Omni South Park Hotel in Austin, Texas, August 3rd. It, it's a literature convention for the most part. Right, literary con. So a lot of, uh, of uh, just like you said, authors, not a lot of anime, but I'm sure chi- chibi yeah. girls, right. costumes, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the website. And yeah, it's a bunch of, you know, it's going to be fantasy, sci-fi. It's just literature, books and stuff. I'm sure there's going to be yeah. steampunk mo- novelists there. There has to be, right? Right, they're, right. They're everywhere. Right. <laughs> but serious writers are serious. And people who want to write and people who want to learn about writing and that sort of thing. Which is cool. Which yeah. is cool. Maybe we could go there and do a, do a recording there at the convention. I like Ooh. the idea. I like this. I like this idea. We should do that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they could let us in for free. Texas Steampunk <laughs> Connection will be at ArmadilloCon. Pass it on. Uh, this is they've they've been doing this for like years and years. It's, yeah, right? it's an old con. It's been around for a while. I've heard about it. I think I vaguely remember going to it once many many years ago. Yeah, I went to once or twice, <laughs> but I don't remember much about it because it was so long ago. So that's how old. That's how long this con's been going on. So I mean, if anything, they got they got they know how to do a con. You know this was the first convention I ever went to, so that was twenty five years ago or yeah, more. Yeah, so this this convention's been going on for a while. And at the time, it was like, 
it was like a fandom convention. There was a gaming room. There was there was a, a movie viewing, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Not anymore. Now it's strictly literary. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure and somewhere online you'll find a list of all, of all the writers and authors are going to be there. Maybe 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 you'll know one of them. Maybe get you know get your book signed or something. Introduce yourself to them. Then you know they get your get your book signed. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Well, also that very same weekend on August 4th is the Bell County Comic Con. Now, this is the Comic Con that I tried to get into last year <laughs> with, with an advanced ticket. It was just the lines were just crazy. I, I couldn't figure out what line I was supposed to be in. And the more I waited and wandered around, I was stupid. I got, you know, the lines just kept getting longer and longer. And I said, screw it. And I went home. <laughs> you know? yeah. But that's besides the point. I, I don't know if there's any steampunk going on there. This is their second attempt. Maybe it'll be better. But if you, if you made it's, it in last year, let me know how it went. <laughs> you know, you know, the lessons learned. It, it could be improved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you're going this year, let me know. And if you and, you, and if you got in, let me know how it, how it goes and what, what's on, what's in there. And if steampunk represents, then represent. <laughs> you know. But that that's I just thought I'd throw that out there. Meanwhile, uh, same weekend, uh, Sunday, August fifth, the uh, the Ghost Ship Allegory Up is in the having Fort Worth area. That's right. They're having a field trip. Afternoon tea at the Adolphus, which is a uh, really fancy upscale restaurant and and uh, what have you resort hotel resort. Wow! Ooh, sounds fun. Well, they're getting mm-hmm. fancy. <laughs> uh, Good the, for you guys. The Adolphus tea, a full three course meal. Wow. Uh, Fifty five dollars per person, gratuity included. So it's it's that's reasonable for for an upscale place like this. It's actually a pretty RSVP by the 11th. Give Adolphus a head count. Seating is limited. Um, they had a wonderful time last year, and they love that they made an effort to dress in the same era as the historical hotel. Nice. So, steampunk finery, please. Yes, just um, your best. Hopefully, I got this out in time for that. <laughs> you, for, for the for the. You deadline. may need to if you're if you're referencing these things on Facebook. You may need to join the Ghost Ship Allegory group. To see the event, yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if, yeah, if you're up in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you're looking for a steampunk group, the Scotia Allegory group, they they do stuff. They yeah. go out and they do stuff like this. They're active. They're costumed. They look fantastic. Mm-hmm. So look them up if you're in that area. Look them up on Facebook. Yeah. And and ask to join. Let them know. Hey, you want to be a steampunk with them? <laughs> uh, then then there's Geekfest, August seventeenth. This is this is your this is your your convention that you like so much. <laughs> I have I have uh, touted the praises of, of Geekfest uh, for for many years. Uh, every season I talk about it. Um, this last year they started requiring uh, an admission fee, which changed my attitude a little bit. Uh, I guess yeah. But it's still a great convention. It's a classic like university convention. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I know there's going to be steampunk there as well. The, the yeah. Central Texas Steampunk con- right. group is going to be there representing. This is, this is where they first met two years ago, and they are still uh, pushing forward with their steampunk club. Uh, so they will definitely be at GeekFest mm-hmm. 2018. They're, 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 they're kind of active. They do things as well. They try to get together gatherings. They went to a library event recently that, that we missed. Um, so they do they do stuff as well. So if you're if you're in the Central Texas area, Colleen area, look them up, or or meet them at Geekfest and look and talk to them. Absolutely, yes. I think there's other representatives like Jack. 
there? Jack? Jack. Jack. You mean uh, Jim? Jim, yeah, uh, sorry, Jim. Well, I was thinking Jack from the Steam Chest. <laughs> oh, that's that's possible. He uh, might be there as well. Jack. Uh, Jim Heath Jim. is who I thought you were talking yeah, he's, about. I think he's going to be there, too. Yeah, they, they travel. They yeah. <laughs> So there's personalities in the steampunk right. community. There, there will be steampunk represented at this at this convention. We should go. Maybe record an episode there. Hey, I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should do that. I just I, th- I think I need a better uh, portable recording unit. Uh, what else we got? Same weekend, right? Yeah, that very same weekend is a Sovereign Scrolls LARP event. This is actually August 18th. It's on the Sunday. Um, okay. From 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Condor Park. <laughs> C O N. D-E-R, Park. We made this before, We made this mistake before. <laughs> sort of. Google still sent us the right place, even True. though we said Condor. But, uh, yeah, it's a an it's outdoor for LARP. Yep. With, with um, my mind just went blank. The little gun. The nerf <laughs> dart guns, guns nerf guns, guns. Nerf guns, nerf swords, or, or boffer swords. It's a family-friendly event. It's from... They have character creation from ten to twelve in the morning, and then the adventures, and then they adventure until till four p.m. PCs cost ten dollars to play. Mm-hmm. Kids um, under ten are free, with paying adult. But you want to get in contact with them ahead of time to make a character, so you're all set when you show up. Or, or like it says right here, character creation is at from ten to twelve. Oh, okay. So you know, get there at ten o'clock to make your character. But at least read over the web, the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Rules definitely, definitely beforehand. It's it's a fun it's they're 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 fun it's a fun little park it's a fun little game we've been out there a few times we've had a good time um, great great group of people mm-hmm, I had very nice people it's a uh, ten dollars per adult I said this already it yeah. says also bring your own snacks and drinks it could, it's going to be hot out there definitely take water or mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff mm-hmm. out there but otherwise have a good time try to dress up in some steampunkery <laughs> you know Not, doesn't have to be too big because you know it's hot <laughs> but something. Um, like I said, yeah, they usually they have little adventure modules that they throw for us. You know, they'll they'll, they'll have a, a GM per se, a game master walk you through the adventure and to each to each um, encounter. Yeah. <laughs> and they and it's, it's fun. And I think that's that's everything I have. Yeah, <laughs> it's everything we've been able to find in the next two months. Uh, right, we're, summer is pretty slow. Definitely. Because uh, it is very warm out, and uh, everybody wants to stay inside in the air conditioning can't blame anybody for that uh yeah so if anybody out there knows of t- anything else going on that we missed contact us on facebook texas steampunk connection um we also have an email address texas steampunk connection at gmail.com no one ever used it <laughs> <laughs> come on people talk to us <laughs> if you have an insight into goth culture or you uh came from that that area or you just want to add something that we're missing about goth that we will probably talk right. about in a future episode right. or were you were you once a were you once a goth now turn steampunk or are you still a goth who also does steampunk <laughs> what is goth yeah tell us talk to us <laughs> but anyway i think that i think i think we pretty much covered everything today we'll be back hopefully soon sooner than last time we want to thank everybody who has uh, stuck around and uh, listened to our show here after months of of not posting uh we really appreciate you as listeners uh thank you and we will we will be back very soon with more in more chatter probably about this goth thing yeah i think we're gonna be talking about dracula next time so let's 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 um let's prepare for that (laughs) yeah 
I think that's it. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, until next time, mind, mind your, your gauges. gauges.